13th chapter, so 12 and 13, these two chapters uh, are where we find the, the Leela narrative, which is, of course, then followed by chapter 14, which is Brahma's reflection upon it in the form of his uh, 30-some prayers to, uh, to Krishna. So here we find the Baba, the Rasa, and the Tattva that supports it through the prayers of Brahma. Yet to come. It doesn't look like we'll get through all those prayers. <laughs> uh, we'll see if we get through this, this, this chapter here. If we turn to this chapter, it picks up a little bit from where the, uh, obviously where the 13th uh, or the 11th chapter left off, which was, as you may recall, uh, Prichit Maharaj's interest and inquiry has sent Sukadeva into a trance as he reflects upon what he will have to speak about and how to speak about that uh, in order to reply to the earnestness, the eagerness, um, the inquiring spirit of Parikshit Maharaj, which causes him to um, 
understand the bomb, if you will, that's that's that they've dropped by saying. And so this was uh, uh, story was not told for a year later when Krishna entered this Boganda Leela, uh, and at that time, as if it had just happened. And he, so basically, Rikshamar says, "Hold on a minute, there." Don't speed ahead. Let's reflect on that a second. And, and uh, here we'll find that uh, as Sugadeh comes to the fore, comes to external consciousness, as we mentioned, with the help of Narada's Kirtan, um, he, he's going to praise the inquiring spirit of his student, Sugadeh. So, Shisuka Uvacha, Sadhupushtam Mahabhava, Tvaya Bhagavadottama, Yanutanas Yashishasya. Not Yanu Tanasya Shish Asya Srinvan Apikatam Muhu. So, Sugumuni said that Sadhupishtam Mahabhava Twaya Bhagavadotama refers to the Parikshit Maharaj's student, Bhagavad Gutam, the best of the Bhagavatas. And I think, as we mentioned yesterday, there's a, there's a history to uh, the life of Parikshit Maharaj, which uh, points out uh, his, that he has a special status, uh, having been saved, if you will, in the womb by Vishnu himself, Krishna himself. And so that's played out well in the course of his life. He is indeed a Bhagavat Uttam, Uttam Bhagavat. And Sugadev says that you have very nicely um, been listening to the description of the Leelas and hearing those pastimes, you appear to be perceiving them uh, to be newer, newer, fresh at every moment. Hmm. He says, Sutam ayam sarabritam nisargo yad artavani shuti jetasomapi pratikchanam navyavad atutaschajat striya bitanam ivasaduvarta. Here in the second verse, he gives an example to help us appreciate the uh, character, there is a, this, this, this quality of Sukadeva that he's, excuse me, of Pritchett Mars, that Sukadeva is underscoring his uh, ability to find the narrative of Krishna's Leela, the Harikata, to be ever, ever fresh. Hmm? Whatever has been said, you're ready to hear again, and you're always ready to hear more. Hear the word used, Naviavad, as if new. There is a quality, um, and I should say it's a an intensification of the Stayibhav. It falls under the category of Stayibhav. We have the basic Stayibhavs for Shanta, Dasya, Sakya and Vatsalya, so Shantarati, Dasyarati, Sakyarati, Vatsalya Rati, Madhuryarati. If these are 
matured mm, through the culture of bhakti and bhava bhakti to become shantarasa, dasirasa. Sometimes rasa and rati are used synonymously, but in another sense, rati comes first, then rasa, rati turns into rasa. Rupa Goswami has explained it in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in his chapter on Bhava Bhakti, where he says that Shuddha Shatva Bhishe Shatma Prema Suryamsu Samyabhak. The, the Bhava or Rati, they're synonymous, is a ray of the sun of Prem. So if you to churn the ray or follow the ray, it leads to the full light of the sun in the world of Rasananda. Rati is the way to enter there. And in that realm of Braj in particular, we find that there is an intensification of Dasiras, Sakiras, Vatsaliras, and Maduras that are dominant there in, in, uh, in the form of Sneha, Man, Pranay, Rag, and Rag, Mahabhav. These words that I just uttered are in, in, categorized within the section of the Stai Bhav, and they constitute, like I say, an intensification of it. So, relative to whether it's Dasya or Sakya or Vatsalya or Madhurya, then that will, that Bhav will intensify. Um, just like Abhu um, Rupa Goswami has given some sort of an example that if you take cane, sugar cane, and then you uh, it you turn it into gore, um, boil it, turn it into molasses, so it can can condense, become sweeter and, and sweeter. Right? Rock candy is, is, the, is I think the final result in his. Um, analogy. Hmm. Now we have, for better or worse, what's it called? White sugar? Anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. So there's a sweetening of Dasiras in Braj and Sakiras in Braj and Vatsaliras in Braj up to what's called Rag. Sneha and Rag. Now, these words, you can just define them in a sentence or two, but their uh, significance is thought really to be only something that can be understood by way of entering into firsthand association of those whose Stahibhav has that measure of intensification and thus enables them to participate in the Brajli. Thus, the emphasis coming originally from Rupa Goswami and Ujbal Nilmani of entering into the Prakat Leela after a successful life as, as a sadhaka. There, having firsthand association with Krishna's associates, where that intensification can take place, like as a kind of an osmosis or as a contagious, something like that. Difficult difficult to um, arrive, if you will, at a realized understanding and experience of these stages otherwise. Although Rupa Goswami has labored to explain them and Ujjbal Nilmani in particular, and 
to some extent in Bach Dressing with Jacinda there, there in the latter book, he's described uh, uh, Sneha and, uh, and Rag. But Pranay, and also Pranay, which is uh, in, 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 in Dasya, in Vatsali, you have Sneha and Rag. In, in Sakya, you'll have Sneha, Pranay, and Rag. But then Anurag and Mahabhav, these are relative to Madhurya Rasa, which he doesn't go into in detail in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. The chapter on Dasiras, the chapter on Sakiras, the chapter on Vatsaliras, all three of these chapters are much longer than the chapter on Madhurya Rasa because he has given a sequel to that in the form of Ujjval Nilmani, which is a rather a tome on that rasa in particular. So there you will find a description, an, an explanation, and then an example from the Leela on Anurag and Mahabhav, for example, as well as the others. Um, it should be mentioned, of course, there that the Narmasakas, whose Sakiras is like yogurt with a touch of the honey of Madhuriras, they can also, they will also experience Anurag and Mahabhav. Now there are divisions within Mahabhav as well. So it gets complicated. But this is the, the these two, Rag and Mahabhav, these are Anurag, I should say, and Mahabhav, these are subjects of Ujmal Nilmani, among others. Worth noting, perhaps at this point, that some have argued that this idea that is prominent in Gaudiya Vaishnava of, of Manjari Bhav, or the idea of becoming a handmaid Navarada, or this form of Madhurya Ras, Rupa Goswami calls Tad, uh, Tad Bhav. Jiva Goswami refers to it as Tad Anumodana. Anumodana means sympathetic. Sympathy is. It's, it's synonymous uh, in respect with empathetic. So an empathetic, sympathetic uh, kind of love. So uh, there are two forms of that basically. Sakshad and Lesha. Sakshad means direct. Lesha means like partial. Direct would mean experiencing the Tad Anumodan Bhav within Madhurya Rasa. And there's a possibility of experiencing it in another Rasa, a drop of it. As a particle of it, as we find, for example, in the Narmasakas, that's that drop of honey in the yogurt of their Sakirasa, by which, or as a result of which, their uh, Sakyabhav intensifies into, into Anurag and Mahabhav. But the point I'm making is slightly as an aside, but it's an important point. Some have argued that. Uh, there in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, we don't find a very compelling emphasis on this Tadanumodan Bhav. That means Tadbhav means to attach oneself to the Bhav of the leading lady. Rather than trying to take the role of a leading lady, which perhaps would be a competitor, for example, with Radha to serve her and assist her in bringing the two together. It's a peculiar type of uh, romantic love in which the relationship of the, of, the, of the maiden, the Saki in this case, 
It's called Sakibhav, another name for it. And there are different forms of Sakibhav. Hmm? But uh, Saki means friend. Hmm? So in contrast to Sakibhav, there is um, another term uh, for Sambhog would be uh, Kantabhav. Sambhog means to have a direct romantic relationship with Krishna, like Radha does, like Chandrabali does. Right? So this is also called Kantabhav. Now, if you study Ujjwal Nilamani, you'll find that an argument could be made that an emphasis is given here more on Kantabhav than on Anjaribhav or Sakibhav. But, the, but you Gaudias at the same time say that the, the Sakibhav is the, is the best ideal. Indeed, Rupa Goswami, when he cites the two types of Madhurya Rasa in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, in that chapter on Madhurya Rasa, he says, and this Tadbhav, this Anumodan Bhav, this Sakibhav is preferable. This is preferable. Now, the math, if you will, to that idea, the logic to it, of course, is that no one can um, more intimately experience the rasa with Krishna than Radha. She is Mahabhav Swarupini. He's Rasara, she's Mahabhav. Everything else falls short of the fullness of her experience with regard to intimacy with Krishna, right? So to pursue Kantabhav, you will not get as close, the math is, to the Radha's experience than if you serve Radha and try to assist her in uh, her romantic uh, affairs and plight, if you will, uh, effort to, to rendezvous with Krishna in Parakya. And because by assisting her and with such intense uh, identification with her plight and her service, then uh, her experience will be kind of indirectly uh, experienced by the handmaiden. It's so, the identification is so intense. We have an example that perhaps uh, to, uh, if we draw upon it, it can help us appreciate the idea. In Catholicism, there are some saints who, I mean, I might have mentioned this the other day, they experience stigmatica, is it called? Stigmata, stigmata, stigmata. So they, they so much have, have meditated upon the, the, the sacrifice, if you will, of Jesus of Nazareth on the cross, that the wounds of Jesus appear on their, their own bodies. So on the one hand, the Godias are emphasizing, but here's this whole book about uh, Madhurya Rasa, and it, it would appear that the emphasis is on Kantabhav. So how to resolve that? Well, of course, the point is this. If you want to experience the Manjari Bab, well, you have to know what Kantabhav is, because Radha is a Kanta. She has Kantabhav. So if you're going to assist her, you have to know all about her different moods and so on and so forth. Now, that said, of course, we have to also appreciate the fact 
that as uh, Sadvi pointed out the other day, Rupa Goswami is presiding, if you will, amongst our acharyas over Abhideya Tattva. Abhideya Tattva means the way. Therefore, his book Bhakti is about the way, the means. In, some, in, in Sanatana's writings, you're going to find more of an emphasis on Sambandha, for example, in, in uh, uh, Bhakti Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Rupa Goswami is not dealing with what's what. Uh, how the jivas related to the Maya Shakti or not, or the Sarup Shakti, and so on. And so on. The, all these things are found in uh, Now, who's the third? Because there's a Prayojan also, right? You get the Sambanda. That's a like I like to think of it as a conceptual orientation that will foster a certain type of action. If the conceptual orientation is the Sambanda, uh, that uh, that kind of knowledge about the nature of Bhagawan, hmm? knowledge about uh, his shaktis, their relationship to him and so forth, then that's going to foster the activity of bhakti, which is going to have a fruit, a result. We'll call it the prayojan. So who amongst the Goswamis presides then over the prayojan tattva? Well, that is Raghunath Das Goswami. Hmm? And in his works, there we find clearly an emphasis with no no, no, uh, no doubt, no uncertain terms on the Manjari Bhav as he writes about his own meditations hmm, and uh, extols the virtues overtly of this uh, ideal. Hmm. So just a few important points to, for you to consider as we speak about uh, here, anurag. So anurag is uh, is something that comes up again in, in Udval Nirmani relative to to Madhurya Rasa and to uh, the Baba of the Nanasakas as well. That in Mahabhav. And what anurag is, then, if we can try to define it, which would be limited, it's the experience that Krishna is new and ever fresh every time you see him. Hmm? Now, here, this idea of Anurag is mentioned in relation to Parikshit, who, according to the Rupa Goswami's explanation in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu would not be something that Parikshit Marsh would experience being a Dasya Bhakta of Dwarka in the Leela. But he has a keen interest here in the Braj Leela. So it's something like Anurag. And we can, I think, expand the concept of Anurag a little bit to be something that largely does pervade the whole of Braj. Hmm? I mean, after all, the leelas are going on day after day. The same things are happening. And Mother Yasoda keeps asking the same questions. <laughs> keeps saying, why, why don't you take shoes? You have to take shoes with you. Now you're going out. Mom, I told you yesterday. Why? He doesn't say that. He gives more reasons why. And the next day she's asking to take shoes. Hmm? And so on. Hmm? So Rupa Goswami hasn't addressed this, but it does seem to pervade 
entirety of the Leela to one extent or another. Hmm? But it's particularly identified, as I say, with Maria Ras and, 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 and the, the, the Narmasakas and some examples of it are given perhaps a more refined and specific definition, but in a broader sense, hmm? well, Krishna's pastimes are new and fresh and here uh, the Parikshit Maharaj, the inquirer, exhibits that taste for them. He's never tired of them. They're fresh in that sense. So it's a kind of sim similar to, to Anurag in that sense, in, in terms of the, the, the technical definition of Anurag. The idea, of course, I should mention of going to participating in the in the Prakat Leela, to have hands-on association with the Nitya Siddhas and fully develop then the the, the praying that is uh, um, has been born, if you will, through in the course of your your your, your life of sadhana. Um, there's an example I've given before. I find it useful that 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 it's said in sports that the professional leagues play at a faster pace than the college teams, and the best of the college teams get chosen to go on to the professional teams. And when they go on, they get the uniform and the number, and then they tend to sit on the bench and watch the you know. The, the, the professionals and participate a little bit and they go, whoa, this is going a little faster here. After all, these guys are, I was the best in my team, but these are all the best from all the teams. So it's, it's at another level. So the Prakat Leela is going at another level in terms of its full expression of itself than you could even catch up to by meditating on it, hearing about it, meditating on it and so forth. So then you enter there. And the only way that they can keep up the speed is to get out there and try it out. And, and, uh, and in that association, and they, they get up to speed, so to speak. So this is the idea. Of course, that I've also said that it's possible. We do see exceptions to this. We see that Gopakumar in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, he describes his, his own journey to his student, Janasharma, such that he went from Braj, where he was living, not during the Prakat Lila, but meditating on it. He went there directly to Goloka. So somehow he was able to achieve that type of intensification. Sanatan left that part out. So we could say there's an exception perhaps, but this is thought to be the rule in general. Of course, some people may have a hard time relating to the idea of the Prakat Lila overall because of historical ways of looking at history in modern world don't give a lot of room for it. That's, that's a whole other discussion and argument, but Prakat Leela in another sense is what we find in Srimad Bhagavatam. We can say it is the Prakat Leela because it is whatever was happening in Krishna's presence as reflected upon by Vyas in Samadhi. That's what he wrote about. So there it is. So Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. An argument could be made hmm, that you could acquire that intensification through entering into the Bhagavatam itself. But at any rate, um, here Parikshit Maharaj shows some notable, on the part of Sugadev, eagerness. He's already done it at the end 
of the 11th chapter, as we heard, tell me more, don't, don't stop the story here. And now he's saying it again, of course, Sugadev gave him a window to do that by saying that this wonderful, extraordinary event of this, the liberation of Agasura was told a year later by the boys as if it happened that day. How could they keep it inside? How could they, how could they hold on to that for a year? So Pritchett Marjorie wants to know, and his eagerness to know is appreciated very much by Sugadev. As he's come out of his trance, he's going to go on with the story and try to tell it. And, uh, and in the context of glorifying his student, praising his student for his uh, devotion, his eagerness, and um, his taste, which has a way of, uh, through which he perceives the leelas to be ever fresh. Again, he's fasting from food and drink. This is, he's living on these, these leelas. We know that already, but here it's being emphasized. And Sukadev gives an example. He says, your taste for this is something like the taste for people of the world, some people of the world have for, uh, men have for discussing women, it's a big thing. I guess women have it for discussing men, you know, but that's what makes the world of uh, some star in a literal sense go round, right? Pumsastriyo mitpani bhavometor. Pumsastriya, the unification of these two, that is the shackles that bind us to material life. It keeps it going, samsara. So there's this, this natural, spontaneous attraction. It never seems to end. They're always ready to explore it in a new way, uh, even though it's really the same thing over and over again. Hmm? Prabhupada used to say, well, a prostitute has one thing to offer her client, but she just dresses in a different way every day. And he thinks, if I unbutton that button, it'll be fresh and new. Uh, but after he's through, he thinks it was the same old thing. She thinks the same thing. It's just not what it's made out to be. It's not what it's made out to be. Therefore, Jiva Goswami says, well, yeah, there is real rasa in the material world, but it's vibhatsa. Vibhatsa means the rasa of disgust. It all culminates in, it wasn't what it sounded like, what I thought it, what it, my mind made it out to be, whatever it is. It didn't last. Uh, uh, and so on and so forth. I went to the party, it was all, and then it was over, and eh, what do I do now? Hmm? So spiritual life is not like that, and that's the point that's being made here. It's ever fresh, hmm? ever fresh and new. Now, when we have material consciousness and we hear this, we can't quite draw that out. We might become bored reading about the past names of Krishna. Therefore, we need good company hmm? to draw out all the implications and so forth. And here from someone who has some feeling for that. And then we, we get that, that can be contagious. And uh, we, we can get an understanding through theory, how it works and what are the parts and so on. It's like if you were to study drama, you might get more out of a movie than someone just watching a movie. You said, did you see how he put that pot over there at that time? That was far out. You know, what are you talking about? That's what it meant, you know, and so forth. So. Something like that. <laughs> so, Raj Parikshit Maharaj Ki Jai, Sukadev Goswami Ki Jai. So, having said that, he says, Srinu, uh, Srinu, uh, Vahito, 
Bohito Rajan Apikuyam Badamite Gruyus Digdesishishya Guruho Huyam Apyuta. Again to the king he says in verse three, kindly hear from me with attention. Although the activities of Krishna are very confidential, and, and as a result, no ordinary person can understand them, I shall speak to you um, because it's incumbent, is what he wants to say upon the guru to reveal, not hold anything back from the disciple who has the measure of interest that you have. Now, if you don't have the measure of interest, then he or she is gonna hold back. And, and uh, this is not the case with Parikshit Maharaj. He is like devouring every bite, digesting it, and uh, eager, eager for more. So in this situation, this is we have the ideal situation, Guru Shisha, and, and the result is the Bhagavatam. It's, it's, it's a magical uh, arrangement in chemistry, what will come of that. Mix a, a hydrogen and oxygen, H2O, you're going to get water. You, may, you mix the Maha, two Mahabhagwats in the form of Guru and Shisha, you're going to get Srimad Bhagavatam. It's quite an extraordinary um, result. And this is the potential, of course, then for all of us, right? Uh, and so, again, he embraces the cycle and says, I, you know, I, I was going to hold this back. It's complicated, and, um, but you're, you're bringing it out, and it's my duty to, to explain it to you. So here we go. And many, many layers to this, as we say, because Brahma has come in, and that point has not yet developed, but it is the Brahma of the Mohan Leela. So Krishna's coming, Brahma's coming, and Krishna's actually calling him. His omniscience is calling him in. It's your time to come now and become acquainted with all that Sakyaras is about. And that's bewildering him. So as I said earlier, this is another way in which you can say Brahma's Vimohan, very bewildered with, wow, it's deep. I didn't realize it. <laughs> like that. Uh, so, uh, so he continues, therefore, anyway, the Leela narrative, Sugadev, he says, Tata Gavadanam Mrityo Prakshitva Vastapalakan Sarit Pulinam Aniya Bhagavan Idam Abhavit. So now, from this verse 4 to 11, there is a beautiful and poetic description of, excuse me, of the picnic, right? That's what we started. Krishna decided to have a picnic. And stay out all day, right? So he rose early with excitement, blew his horn, everyone came. Balaram was preoccupied with parental affection, couldn't come and thought, what's going to happen out there in his mind? And, uh, and, and, and off they went into the forest. This is a big day because they're not coming back for lunch. They're, out of, they're going to go out of reach of parental uh, overreach, if you will, and their adventures are going to only intensify, which we see in the case of Agasur. I mean, they saw Vatsasur, they saw Bakasur, they saw Krishna deal with them, but those two monsters didn't bring themselves personally into danger. Agasur, well, he wanted to swallow all of them. So implications, they're further into the forest, they're further into this, this Leela now. 
where one of the one of the symptoms of which you could say is well it's it's the fullest expression of rakshakshatavishvashwa an aspect of sharanamiti krishna is our protector we have extraordinary circumstances to uh, draw upon that krishna is our protector they're convinced already seeing him twice now they, they just went into the mouth of Lagasura, right so so uh that said, of course, Agasura appeared on the scene, as I explained by the arrangement of the uh, Leela Shakti, to distract them, one way of looking at it, from their playing, which was so consuming that they forgot about eating, and they had gone for that purpose. Well, it was part of it, to have a picnic. Hmm? Right? So when they started to play, then they put the, their, their uh, lunch bags, sacks and hung them from trees and so forth when they came out of agasura then it was real clearly time to eat wow that, that was a big distraction taking us down from our playing uh we saw the heroism of krishna we saw the liberation of of uh agasura and so you could say there's nothing they don't know about they're just simple coward boys but they know about sarupi mukti <laughs> what are the possibilities of that they like the gopikas and all, they underline their bhava and their simple cowherd innocent almost ignorant leelas this is the end of all knowledge therefore as i say when they come to this world where there's a need of there's no need of knowledge there it gets in the way here there's a need for knowledge so those simple boys and girls they, they exhibit it Pujapad Sridhar once gave an example of this. He said that in the United States, he referred to at that time, you have this most powerful military industrial complex, but the way it's set up is that all that military power is hidden away somewhere. You don't see shot machine guns and tanks parading through the streets in the United States. Now, if you go even to Europe, some airports, they've got guys with machine guns. You won't find that in the United States. A guy the machine gun as you come in you know, to, or you don't find parades uh typically uh, with uh, demonstrating how many missiles we've got how many tanks we've got this is prominent in the soviet union for example when the cold war was going on between east and west that east and west near east i guess you would call it uh, or just east of Soviet Union and the rest of Europe. So, Shaputapachitamoz's point was that when you bring out all the weapons and everything like that, it's a little inhibiting. But if 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 that power is hidden, then the play can go on uninhibited. So. You can come to the United States, and, and you might go to you might go to Russia, and you find all these whatever, or North Korea, and there's parades and celebrations with missiles and tanks and everything like that, and everybody's celebrating. You might think, wow, they're pretty powerful. Come to the United States, you don't see those things, so they and that power may not be here, but that power is there. It underlies the freedoms that we find in terms of human interaction and so forth that we don't find comparatively in North Korea. Hmm? Similarly in Baikunta, well, there's a lot of power and opulence. Hmm? But we don't find the same 
Lila Maduria, that kind of play, hmm? sweet play, charming play, hmm? all play. Yeah, yes, Narayan has Lila's, but hmm? not like Krishna's. Hmm? Krishna, as I mentioned to Zach the other day in answering this question, only plays. Narayan, well, uh, he's kind of relaxed. <laughs> he doesn't have anything to accomplish, but he's very clear. He's got people there who have come by bhakti mixed with karma. So the sensibility of karma, the power of that, hmm? that, that system is, 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 is more overt, if you will. Hmm? There's Shantaras bhaktas there, meditation hmm? eternally. It's weird. <laughs> so the point is that the power, the power is overtly more present and it is inhibiting the kind of freedom of play that we find in Goloka, which is totally uninhibited. But it's there because there is power. That's the, by that we know there is power. That's why I say the Madhurya is ultimately the fullest expression of Aishvarya. That sweetness hmm, means power. Hmm, if you want to play, you have to have some power. Hmm, they have it. Now, again, as Sridhar said, if they, those gopas and gopis would come to this world, in Sadakavesh, in the Sadhana Siddha, what is it? Sadhana Siddha, Sadaka Siddha Bhumi, that's Navadweep. Hmm? It is a land, Bhumi, where Sadakas, Siddhas, excuse me, are in a leela in which the role they play is sadhakas. Perfect devotees are in a leela in which they're playing the role of practitioners. And by that example, we have such, uh, we're blessed. And they play the role pretty well. Therefore, they don't even know they're siddhas. They say things as if they're sadhakas. We say, how can you say that? He's a siddha. This is how. Hmm. That is Yoga Maya. That is, that is Leela. Hmm. But in that Leela, as Sadakas, in a world of ignorance, where ignorance presides, and there's no real play, it's only work. You escape the suffering for a moment. Hmm. You, you just get relief from, this, from the suffering for a moment, and you call it pleasure. It's not a standard of pleasure in, 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 in Krishna consciousness. Just some relief for a moment, and then it starts to build up again. And oh, some anxiety pervades. How will I appear? What will people think of me? What will I say? What did I say? What did people think of me? On a social level, or just on a practical level, how I will provide for myself, for my family, uh, so on and so forth. It's a struggle. It's very Darwinian in that sense. Uh, Bhagavatam says, what is that verse? Jivo jiva sijivanam. One living being is food for another. So you constantly have to have a look over your shoulder. This is ignorance. So the power of knowledge is not even there to free you from that. What to speak of it be retiring so that you can play. Becoming subordinate to, to you, to your, to your love. Love is 
movement, free movement. So when the Goswamis, when the Manjaris come here, when the Gopas come here, well, then we know something about the Brajlila that's not apparent just by, just by reading it for the first time. These gopis have all knowledge. Nana Shastra Vicharanekanapuno Saddharma Samstapako They had a compassion for all the people of the world. Think, thinking themselves as, as one of them in that Leela. Compassion for all of them. And so they drew from all the sacred texts. The knowledge that they had is just like mind-boggling, staggering. For the sake of the people, and give an emphasis, like Vyas was, was told by Nara to do, give an emphasis on Bhagavad which he did in the Bhagavatam. They took the Bhagavatam and churned it, churned it, churned it. What knowledge is there? So they showed such power, such Aishvarya, Gyan Aishvarya. This is one of the... Um, what are they called? Sadaishvarya. Hmm? Opulences. Knowledge. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed this. His childhood as Nimai Pandit, and then he retired it. Hmm? Became a Vaishnava. And then he became a sannyasi and again showed it. <laughs> his vairagya, his detachment, it corresponded with his knowledge. If you know, if you have real knowledge, then you're not going to pursue enduring happiness in relation to things that don't endure. That's a recipe for, for failure. That's ignorance. So he had the corresponding Bhairagya, very extreme. This is a, a manifestation of some of the opulences of Bhagwan, which distanced his devotees a little bit from him and his Auntie Leela and his Madhya Leela. It's caused some distance, but it's bringing us closer. Shiman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Shri Krishna Chaitanya ki jai. Therefore, Bhagavatam says, what is that verse? Chaktva sudhus chadhuripta rajalakshmi. Dhanamishtari avatasa yaragad aranyam mayam ridam. Doitaip sidamam vande mahapurushate charanaradindam. Vande mahapurushate charanaradindam. This is Kali Yuga Avatar, Kali Yuga Pavana, Suman Mahaprabhu. He took sannyas and entered the forest. It means that forest means he took sannyas for the sake of the people who are bewildered by Maya. And he set an example how to enter into the sweetness of Navadvip, how to enter into my Kirtan of Shiva Sangam and experience Rajbhav through Kirtan Rasa. That was a private affair. So he opened the doors, distanced himself from his associates, and brought himself closer to us. And associates there, well, they had to acquiesce to that. Vishnu Priya, okay, I had to acquiesce. Let it be. Sachi, well. At least if he could stay in Puri, <laughs> something <laughs> she negotiated. And there, the Puri Leela's there. From there, and that Sanyasi, the, the, the teachings to Sanatana, teachings to Rupa Goswami, as they presented in, in, uh, 
in the narrative of Chaitanya Charitamrita, the conversion of Sarvabhoma, Prakasananda, Venkatabhata, and so on and so forth. All, all the, this is, brings us close. This is the center of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's, it's Maddilila. And that public life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu drew him to the private life. It drew him, drew him within, and he couldn't come out. We are supposed to follow that. This is the idea, right? Now we got all into all those. So they, yeah, so gopas, gopis, they have knowledge. When they come here, it's apparent. What was the knowledge we talked about the other day, Udaranda Tatakur, and of the six Goswamis, you know, just incredible. But if we don't follow that, we think, oh, it's village girls. They don't know the Upanarad comes to educate them. Uddhava came to get, educate the gopis. He was, had a message he sent by Krishna. He understood the message in a particular way. He's Shastravit. This is Uddhava. He knew all this Shastra. He was Krishna's advisor, uh, Brahmin advisor, if you will, on, uh, in, in Dwarka. So Krishna gave him a message to bring to the, to the gopis. He obviously thought he understood it. He revealed it to them. And then when he did, they wrote, they spoke it back to him. He said, I think this is what it means, right? This is what you're trying to say? And his mind exploded. Hmm? Seeing their understanding of what Krishna had written to them. Hmm? And then he wandered around for a couple of months in Braj, singing poems. Shruti Birbhimbrigyam. This place is off the Shruti map. It's beyond the Upanishads, this place. Hmm? I wish... My bhakti in Dasyabhav, tinged as it is with sake, it could be intensified hmm, to the extent that the, the I see the, the, the how intense is their their bhava. I, if I could be born as a as a weed here, <laughs> a weed, and they might step on me, it would be my good good fortune. That kind of intensity would come into my my bhava. Hmm. So such a special place place is uh, Brudge. Hmm? And how we ended up in all this. So. They forgot about the lamps because they were absorbed in play. And you connected that with how... They, they forgot was, about what? They forgot about having lamps because they were so absorbed in playing the vocals. So absorbed in playing. So, so deep was the play. So far mm -hmm. gone they were. The big monster had to come to bring them out. Leila Shakti determined. Ivasura. And then, so now it's time for lunch. It's now, okay. So that's what was like, what they were all excited about to start with. Obviously there are many other exciting features of their uh, cow herding and friendly interactions, fraternal love with Krishna. And so a description then from verse four to 11 of the, uh, the picnic. Krishna suggested, here, look, here is a beautiful place along the banks of the Jamuna. There is sand hmm, where we can run and play and kick and fight and so forth. Hmm. Uh, uh, it's soft. And there's also the shade of some big trees here so we can be sheltered from the heat of the sun. Hmm. And in the, in the Jamuna, there are some lotuses growing. You boys can go and get the petals, make plates out of them or other plates depending on what you, what's in your bag, hmm? how you may need a cups too, <laughs> and other receptacles. Use your artistic 
talents and abilities, hmm, they suggested to them. And so they did. Hmm. There, they, there they settled. Hmm. First, they, 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 they gathered, as he said, lotus leaves, bark from trees, and very, each one of them very artistically created different types of plates to looking in their bag, what mother had packed them and how they were. So it's a huge, wonderful affair that, uh, that, that depicts their, um, their, their, their redugda, their, their artistry, their cultured, refined uh, uh, sensibilities out of nothing, just from the forest. They made an arrangement. It's like we saw uh, yesterday, we, we had lunch from Mexico cooked by um, Merlidor. And it was very tasteful, very artfully presented, right? Everything very nicely arranged, beautiful. So you can find in, you know, if you go to the cuisine college and learn to be a cook, and uh, how to present it with different colors and make it appealing also to the vision. And so, so, that, so that it's, it's something that the, the eating becomes an affair also of the eyes, maybe of the ears, how it sounds. That's how it works for modern Mongol. <laughs> All of my senses are activated by this, by this Mahaprasad, every single one of them. And to capture all the senses means to capture the mind and be absorbed. Therefore, this food is rasa itself. That's his opinion. Hmm? Actually, in in in, in uh, Bhakti Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami gives a reference from reference from I think like Hayagriva Tantra or something like that, where it's explained that the food in Goloka is itself rasa. Hmm? Uh, gives a good dissertation on that. Hmm? It's an extension of the whole rasa. So. So here are these boys, they, they have nothing. They don't look like no certificate of, uh, in the art of cooking, but, and out of nothing goes from the forest. They made an arrangement of plates and just the, the receptacles and what speak with what was in their bag and so forth that they took out from their lunch bag. You could just try to, just trying to give some idea. What was the scene there? Hmm? And this is what Brahma is going to see this, and it'd be absolutely startled, right? And they arranged themselves. Let's see what the text says here. It says uh, that what uh, Krishna suggests the place, and and Krishna Sivishvak Puraji Mandalayar. Puraji Mandalayar means that they uh, arrange themselves in concentric circles, hmm? like a flower itself hmm? that has larger petals and smaller petals and out and, and something like that in concentric circles around, around rows and rows and rows and lots of boys, right? Hmm? Lots of boys. Uh, they arrange themselves like this and and like the world, Prabhupada describes it, like the whirl of the lotus surrounded by its petals and leaves, Krishna sat in the center, encircled by lines of his friends, means concentric lines, hmm, whose, Prabhupada says, who, who all looked very beautiful, whose, Fula hmm, hmm, their eyes flowered, hmm, their eyes, means their eyes blossomed like lotuses. Hmm, 
in anticipation, looking at the beauty of Krishna and the whole event. Their eyes blossomed like flowers and they blossomed also like flowers because what? Each one of them, as they sat to eat, experienced the first expression of Aishvarya in this Leela out of the praying. Well, the killing of Bhagasur was Aishvarya too. I should say the second one. This is Aishvarya out of praying for the coward boys themselves. Krishna's praying for them hmm, caused him to expand himself invisible to every one of them, such that each one of them thought that Krishna chose to sit in front of me. He's just directly across from me. This is referred to in by Krishna's Kabirash Goswami and Chaitanya Charitamrita. In the Veda Kirtan pastime uh, chapter of Madhilila, Jagannath Puri, the Kirtan of Mahaprabhu on one day was explained. Coming out of the temple, they he divided his uh, devotees into four groups hmm, who did kirtan. In each group, there was two, two murdangas and eight cymbals. So two, four, six, eight, eight drums and 32 cartels hmm, between the four groups. He appointed a dancer for each group. And this way they did send kirtan and people were coming from, from all over to see this kirtan. Hmm. Again, this, this was a new thing that he brought to Puri, as I said before. She, Chaitanya Shrishti, Prem Sankirtan. This uh, was it Gopinath who, who described it like this to Sarvabhoma, to, uh, excuse me, to Maharaj Prachapuru. had never seen this kind of worship, although he'd seen every other kind of worship because all kinds of people worship Jagannath. But this Prem Sankirtan, what is it? He said, Chaitanya Shrishti. It's the creation of Chaitanya. Bhagavatam itself has said, Tadvag Visargo It's another creation unto itself. Is that Chaitanya Shishti? So here in, people were coming just, just looking wide eyed, like these boys are looking wide eyed. And then the Kirtanir's eyes became even wider because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed a miracle. What was that miracle? He showed to Maishvarya by expanding himself into each of the four groups. Hmm. This was not during the Ratha Yatra. That's another thing. They had seven groups then. I think he did it then too, but here, four groups. And he was in each group, and each group thought he's in our group, and each devotee dancing in each group thought, and he's looking right at me now. Hmm. And sometimes the dancing got close, and if one dancer got close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he would embrace him. Hmm? And they all got close. He embraced everyone. Each one thought, he's looking right at me. He's embracing me. And he was embracing all of them, looking at all of them at the same time. And Krishna's Kavirash Goswami says, this is wonderful. It is like Krishna sitting along the banks of the Jamuna with his friends in concentric circles, like a lotus. Hmm? taking their lunch, lunch, and each one feels that Krishna is sitting in front of me, looking at me. Each one thinks Krishna loves me the most, and each one is right. Krishna hmm? So this is the scene now 
in brief that Brahma's zooming in on here, coming in on his swan carrier with his big intelligence, right? Four heads, swan representing intelligence. Also, as we explained the other day, we come, I'll skip ahead, but because the description is just, uh, well, I've already given it <clears throat> to the 11th verse. And this is, a, this is then the end of this section. And it's a very important verse. It's a long verse. The key part here is the last line. What would you be Jagnabug Balakeli? Would you be Jagnabug Balakeli? Balakeli means playing like a boy. Keli, to play, Bala, like a boy. Who is doing that? Yagibuk. Who is Yagibuk? He is the Mahapurusha. This is another name for the Mahapurusha. Mahapurusha is that form of a Bhagwan who resides in Brahmaloka, on the planet of Brahma. There he is said to have a thousand heads, thousand arms, thousand thousands of them. Uh, this is uh, described in the Bhagavad Gita in the 13th chapter, 13th or 14th verse. Everywhere are his arms, his legs, his eyes. I said the other day, I mentioned that Dwaita had trouble with this verse from the Bhagavatam. I'm thinking it doesn't lend itself that well to a bhakti kind of explanation. Because hmm? in bhakti, he'd be localized in one place, hmm? even though he's everywhere. Brahman is everywhere, but as Bhagwan, he's move, moving at the same time and appears localized. That's very wonderful. Hmm. So in a dream, I think Bhagwan came to him and said, no, you should understand it this way. Hmm. The verse is saying he's everywhere because everywhere his devotees are making offerings and he's always there accepting them. Any part of the world, there's some devotee and offering something for his eyes, something for his ears, something for his hands, and he's there accepting. Hmm. Hmm. So Brahma's getting experience of this verse, as is explained, was explained to Advaita himself by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in a dream, right? Hmm? He's seeing Krishna with his friends actually eating, whereas in, 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 in Brahmaloka, well, the Yogna Purush is there, all constantly sacrifices are being offered while he's awake. Sacrifice, sacrifice. And through the sacrificial language and ritual, and so forth, he's eating. But the plate always comes back full. <laughs> so he's eating through sacrifice. He's eating with the, with the, the spirit of their offering, right? But here, what Brahma is see, seeing, as will be described, well, it's described here, this is what he's going to see. He's actually eating, and the plate's coming back half empty. In fact, what's happening is these boys are eating hmm, and they're feeding the Yagyabuk who now appears with one head and two arms, Dvibuj, and he's like a little boy. Hmm, and they're looking in their bag and they're tasting it. And they're make, tasting something. Oh, that's really good. Before they swallow it, put it on Krishna's tongue. Hmm. You now something else tastes, hmm, that's pretty good too. Not quite as good. Give that to a friend. Next, that's not quite as good. I'll eat that. Mm -hmm. And each boy is doing that. And so it results in what any boy passes, he thinks is, is, is a little better, goes to the next, and so everybody, th every, everything is the best. 
And Krishna is tasting all of these things mm -hmm. through the tongues of all the, of the devotees, and they're putting it putting in his mouth. And then he's taking. Says, "Yeah, that's pretty good." And my bag, what you showed to my ears, cooked for me. Here, you taste. And he's and Brahma's seeing this, and the yogi book is acting like this, and he he's, he's not sure he can put that together. Is that what's really happening here? Hmm? And, so as you can see, he's coming to Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam, that the Yagi book is coming out of Krishna. He only partially eats, Krishna fully eats hmm? completely. Hmm? So this is this is the cause of Brahma's beginning of his bewilderment. I mean, he heard, okay, this guy got liberated. That's pretty far out. Are you sure about that? How that happened? And then he comes in and then. And it's, it becomes even more questionable. It was done by Krishna, and this, this is him? I mean, I met Krishna. I thought he was the avatar of Narayan, appearing to me in a particular form. Hmm? I didn't know he had a whole world of his own, his own leelas, sweetness, and so forth, that overtakes even his, his own knowing of himself, so to speak. Hmm? So he's coming into a very perplexing, bewildering, Theological reality we call uh, the frame, a form of the frame that is the prayogen of Gaudi Rush, and it'll be the prayogen, the prayogen of Brahma, too. So, with that, we end this section. Srimad Bhagavatam Ke Jai, Krishna Balaram Ke Jai, Or Bhakta Vrinda Ke Jai, Or Permanent. Any question? Yes. I was wondering. I still can't quite grasp when you say that inside of their Manduria, they're looking at Krishna and these things that Krishna is looking at them. Is Aishwarya they're experiencing Aishwarya first time? No, no. The Aishwarya is that Krishna has expanded himself such that he's actually sitting behind every, in front of every boy, but no boy can see him sitting next to any other boy, and each boy thinks he's sitting next to me. Now, if you're outside of that, looking at that, you're gonna think, what the heck? That's pretty extraordinary. Aishvarya, Krishna has expanded himself into so many forms, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu expanded himself into four different forms. Now, wouldn't you think that was pretty majestic, pretty extraordinary, mm -hmm. right? If you saw that, I'm asking you. Yeah, but is that Brahma who's experiencing it or the boys? The boys are experiencing it from their frame. They're not experiencing that Krishna's that did this. They, it would be ineffective if he did it. If they, if they understood it, it would be ineffective. Because the effect that he wanted to create was to show them, I love you the most, which is true for all of them. He wanted to show that. So to do that, his Aishvarya Shakti assisted him. But, the, but no, the boys didn't know. Each of them felt the same. I think he loves me. I think you're both right. Okay. But they didn't see this. Hmm? Now, did Brahma see it? Well, no, I would say. Brahma didn't see it either. Hmm? But Sugadeva was telling us about it. it. So this happens, this kind of Aishvari arising out of the praying. This is another example is there, of course, the obvious example is the Rasalila. 
Krishna expanded himself to, with each, to dance with each gopi. Each gopi thought Krishna's dancing with me. Mm -hmm. If they knew, oh, he's with everyone, <laughs> then it wouldn't, wouldn't work. So the Aishvarya is, is there in Braj. Mm -hmm. It's an aspect, as I say, of Krishna. I've explained it in many ways. Does that help? Yeah, so they're not experiencing it, but they're sort of like in the experience in the Aishvarya. Yeah, they're in the experience, and they're experiencing what Krishna wanted them to experience, what he wanted to accomplish by the Aishvarya. And that's part of the Aishvarya. That he was there and that he expanded in front of everyone, that's Aishvarya. And that no one knew that he did. That says Aishvarya as well. The Aishvarya and Shakti. Hmm? Yes, Maharaj. One question here from Maharaj. So he's asking, uh, if the basis of friendship is equality, in what sense the Gopas discriminated that this preparation is best, so I give it to Krishna. The equality is between Krishna and themselves. Hmm? It's not that they think everything is all equal. They don't think that, they don't think that uh, water is equal to, 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 to dirt, uh, or rocks are equal to trees, or one cup of food is equal to another. It's all the same. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. That seems to be what your question is arising out of hmm? their equality is equals can share in confidence they have the same experience hmm? i'm experiencing the same as you we're friends so they think that there's equality between themselves and krishna now they think at the same time yeah but you know krishna's the son of a king we'll give him that you know i'm not the son of the king but he is we'll give him some deference in, in that regard uh formally but we're equal but they don't think Puris are equal to sweet rice, <laughs> or they don't think, so they have some, some think sweet rice is better than puris. Some think puris mixed stuffed with sweet rice are the best. <laughs> but maybe I didn't understand the question, did I? That's, I feel like you may need that, like, yeah, like, why, like, why should Krishna have the better one if we are? Yeah. Why should Krishna what? Have the better, better one if we are equal. And they make a difference between the quality of the preparations if you're re they were equal and they gave Krishna the best and they take himself not the best. There was some difference, right? Oh, they're not equal and they have the equal tastes. Is that what you mean? No, the idea of this is the best and this is not the best, so I give the best to Krishna. So that kind of creates a difference. They love him. He's their best friend. <laughs> they're giving to themselves. He, he, he don't, they, they think he, he's the extension of myself. They, he thinks they're the extension of myself. So it's like I have one tongue, but actually each coward boy has two tongues. So if it tastes good on this tongue, let me give it to the other tongue as well. And Krishna has one tongue and many, many tongues, right? Another question? Yes. It's more the rule. Krishna's subordinate 
to the will of his devotees. Therefore, if you are blessed such a way as to develop a, uh, a particular type of frame and Krishna, your, your will be to serve Krishna in that way, Krishna will be forced by your will to give you a form that corresponds with that and a role in his leela. Krishna is controlled by bhakti. Devotees are personification of his bhakti. This is this this we find in Golok. You're not going to find that in the same measure in Vaikuntha, but to some extent. Another question. I was thinking when we were talking about the Prakatila and how Prambhav entered to develop further. And I was thinking in connection to how um, a lot of uh, sadhakas consider the Guru Mitra Siddhas. And you could say if the Guru is a Mitra Siddha, that one will become in touch with those higher developments. And so you could say, well, if Guru Mitra Siddhas, then the necessity of entering the Prakatila. I suppose someone could argue like that, but I don't think that um, it holds up that well because the um, the guru is in a sadhaka deha, not in the, the, the uh, uh, a, a body that corresponds with his herbab in the leela and conducting themselves in that way. So how you're going to conduct yourself in a sadhaka deha is going to be different than how you conduct yourself in the siddha deha. And so it's the way one conducts oneself in the citadea and having direct experience of that in the context of the leela that one would um, gain through that association, that type of intensity. And for that matter, if your guru is a nitisiddha, he teaches you like Rupa Goswami did, that you should take birth in a prakat leela. Now, there's something to be said uh, to think of the guru as a nitisiddha. Sometimes this was an emphasis in Bodhiyamak because the guru is a representative of Krishna and Krishna is a siddha. But um, uh, we should think we should not uh, we should not think that the nitisiddha is more perfect than the sadhana siddha, for that matter. Siddha means siddha, and Prabhupada emphasized that point. Um, and indeed, Sanatana uh, Goswami makes an argument in Brihad Bhagavatamrita that the, Siddha, the Sadhana Siddha is better because his love has been tested in relation to Prahlad. So this is, this is just an argument to make so that we don't think a Sadhana Siddha is somehow less than a Nitya Siddha. And while some disciples may think their guru is a Nitya Siddha, I haven't found too many gurus that thought they were Nitya Siddhas. Let's take Prabhupada, for example. Uh, you know, most of his disciples think he's a Nidya Siddha, but whenever he was asked, he repeatedly explained himself as a Sadhana Siddha, as did Bhakti Thakur, as did Bhakti Saraswati Thakur. But it really, it's just academic argument because Siddha means cooked, ready, it's prepared, edible. What else? Another question? All right, we'll stop there.
भक्ति बिन परिवार की जाए गुरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए गुरी वैष्णव बिंद की और भक्ति बिंद की बहुत प्रेम आनंद गुरु महाराज